ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 91 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I am your host. I'm sorry. Sorry, I almost forgot a member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I've noticed Andrew continues to keep forgetting that and then throws it in at the end of the show. But uh, <laughs> we always, you know, have to have to rip on the guy who's not here. Right? Blame whoever's so, here. So that yes, works. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, episode 91. I am your host, Rocky Pacella at Dynasty FF Addict, as you just heard there. Back here with Scott Sidlow this week. Scott, how are you doing? Dude, back-to-back nights with you. This is crazy. I don't know what's happening. I'm living in an alternate universe, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one last night, though. Uh, uh, anybody uh, out there listening, uh, Dynasty Fever, nice uh, podcast we were on yesterday. Uh, Jesse and Brian, two great hosts on there. We were on with the, the guys from Warzone, Jerry and Memphis. Go check that out, too. Uh, but tonight, we have a great guest with us. To, we're going to be doing a Superflex uh tight end premium rookie mock here pre-draft and we brought on uh one of one of the the best rookie guys out there i'm gonna say it's uh, uh mike bauer uh, mike how you doing first of all you're being way too kind with the intro but thank you <laughs> happy to be here and i think uh we were not live last time i was on right yeah no i think we started that last summer and you were on i think last spring yeah tell me this yeah. stuff so i can say no when i know that we're gonna be live <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk some rookies, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We have, uh, you know, we've been kind of mixing in the rookie stuff here and there as we've been going along. Uh, we didn't want to be, you know, there's a lot of pods like like Mike's that are doing tons of rookie stuff and they're smarter about it than we are. So uh, we didn't want to overload people because they're getting that everywhere. But April, I think we're going to be, you know, with the draft coming up, going to pile on the uh, rookie content a little more here. So this week we are doing a super flex PPR tight end premium pre-draft rookie mock. Uh, so we'll, we'll get right into it. Maybe if we start quickly and, and don't do other stuff, we can uh, finish them under 145. What do you think, Scott? No chance. <laughs> I, I do want to say one thing. I think it's funny that the host of the show gave himself the one one. That is yeah, true. I, I mean, did throwing that out there. I did think that was a little weird. So I didn't want to make it. I wanted to make it a little more. I, I told you guys in the chat that uh, you know, Mike, Mike, you and Scott are the, are the smart ones. So I'm going to take the easy 101 pick, and and then we'll go from there. So um, and at 101, well, let's just get started. I'm going to take. Uh, Brees Hall, it is super flex, but uh, I don't love any of these quarterbacks, as a lot of people don't. Uh, I know the guy that's going to come up very soon. Uh, he would be my my QB one, but Brees is, is the safest prospect and also has one of the highest ceilings. He had that great college production. 
great vision, uh, great patience behind the line. Can you know he's not a, a, he's not a, a Kamara in the receiving game, but he's certainly fine there as well. Uh, so it was a pretty easy choice for me to go with Brees Hall. Yeah, I don't think there's any argument there. There's not not even really much to talk about at this point until we get a landing spot and we can plug it in. It just seems to make the most sense. Um, I'm currently in another actual rookie draft right now, and he was the 101 as well. So I think that makes sense. So uh, I was up at 102. You know, this is a quarterback podcast as long as I'm on it. So <laughs> Rocky be damned. Uh, I just went ahead with Malik Willis at this point. I don't necessarily like him. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be great. I don't I don't have a model. I don't watch all that much film. I don't have any reason why I took him other than the fact that we know what his potential could be. We've heard about these things. If you listen to guys like, uh, you know, Dynasty Rewind and all, all of our friends that we listen to, um, you know, we know that he he could be one of those real risky prospects, but I feel like if you have the 102 pick and you earn that 102 pick, you could probably wait for a year or two if it ends up like a Trey Lance situation where he sits for a year type of situation. So, um, you know, a Pittsburgh, you know, Atlanta, something like that makes sense. You're probably not competing this year anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the upside. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the whole thing with Malik Willis is that upside. Uh, he's got – what are your thoughts on Willis, Mike, before you get into your 103 pick? He's – I mean, he's I, – I do watch some film, and he's definitely got a lot of work to do in the passing game, but I feel like you got to take him here just because of the ceiling. I agree and disagree with everything <laughs> that you guys are saying. I know hey, you can be both, right? We can swing both ways. I like Malik Willis. High ceiling of the quarterback room in this class. He could also very well have the lowest floor. Um if you follow me on Twitter, I apologize for me tagging the Eagles and tweeting a picture of Kenny Pickett every day. Um, just trying to let them know what I prefer. But don't worry, I have a backup tweet already set to go in case. I, I, I prefer Bryce Young or CJ Stroud next year. I have news for everybody. <laughs> for the record, the 2023 quarterback class is not as good as people are making it out to be. It is really, really, really top heavy just like this class, and then it tapers off after that. Now, a lot can happen over the next college football season, so we'll see. But back to Malik Willis, I like him a lot. High ceiling, floor could be devastatingly low. I think, unfortunately, and it's true, being a black quarterback, he gets pegged as a running quarterback, which is not the case. He does look to pass first. His arm is pretty good. When people say, oh, the competition, let's not forget he was recruited to play at Auburn. So, you know, he does have some good pedigree there. Well, he couldn't get on the field at Auburn. Bo Nix was okay. He was good enough. Coaches tend to stick with their guys. Um, Scott, I wouldn't take Malik Willis here because some of the things you said, I don't like him, but I kind of feel like I have to. You're 102, you could wait. Or you could take my pick. 103, I took Garrett Wilson. I thought he was going to be gone at the 103, to be completely honest with you. He is my wide receiver one in this class. He does everything really just, he's a top-notch wide receiver. And the thing is, like, this class, wide as Nate said on the Dynasty Rewind, wide receiver is the cream of the crop in this class for sure you can get wide receivers in every single round that are going to be somewhat fantasy relevant so i don't want to be forced into taking a quarterback because it's a super flex draft super flex does not mean two quarterback and i feel like people forget that super flex means exactly that super flex could be anything let's not forget everybody you can flex tight ends too and this is tight end premium and yet well, I think who does like, that Rocky Mike sounds like my kind of guy. Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to be a long night. 
it is going to be a long night. He's an Eagles fan. He's not overvaluing quarterbacks. I love it. You can't overvalue quarterbacks. You just can't. And actually, looking at it, for a tight end premium draft, I don't want to spoil it, but this turned out, it turned out differently than I expected. But Garrett Wilson, definitely a guy that, you know, if if some people took him at the 1-1, depending on landing spot in a month or so, I'm not going to blame them for that either. Also, have you guys noticed it seems cool to hate Traylon Burks now? Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Like, what's the deal with that? Why we I don't know. Is it the combine, maybe? I, I, I don't put a ton of stock into the combine. I know he, he didn't test as well as everybody was expecting. Yeah, but I I have no qualms about Traylon Burks either. We get to him. His blocking's a little suspect, um, but that's about it. That could be coached, though. So I'm not too worried about that. Okay. Um, before you pick Rocky, I will just say I'm in a real rookie draft right now, and I had the 104. And it, it, um, Garrett Wilson was there. And when I saw the pick come in at 103, I didn't even think, I didn't look, and I, which is, crazy because i normally would be trading or doing something i just smashed garrett wilson who didn't even yeah. didn't even think and that was the 104 so who did yeah, and, for you and I, I, uh, it went hall walker willis okay but yeah for me this personally would be the top three picks in some order and i think it's sort of a tea break uh, willis for the upside and then well, I think Wilson and uh, Hall are probably the guys with the highest floor and, and highest ceilings at their position. Maybe not the highest for Wilson, but but high enough uh, that 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 those two kind of have to be in the top three picks there, even in Superflex. Uh, it sounds like you're on board with that, Mike. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at one... Rocky, of- I'm sorry. Can I just say something right now? Your background, it looks like my parents' living room. <laughs> <laughs> You mean grandparents? But no, yeah. looks, no, my parents' living room, man. I'm like, oh my god, just looking at the picture and then like the little candelabra things on the wall. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's my wife. This is my basement, man. I just I just record from my base. I don't have the nice like you know background Super Bowl champs. And... Is that a floral pattern couch too? By the way, no uh, doubt, you know it. Kinda, yeah. Oh, this is going great for me. <laughs> This is fantastic. Oh, man. I don't usually have people. I, I I always, it does bug me. I'm still always sitting on my basement couch doing the podcast, and no one ever really calls me out on it. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rocky. I had too much. Okay. So we're at 104, and this is uh, not necessarily my fourth favorite guy in this class, but I know everybody else loves him. And rookie drafts are, are, are mostly about dynasty, purely dynasty value. Uh, you know, in in startups, I you know we weigh in production and things like that. There obviously is no production, so I'm mostly just looking at the value. And everyone loves Kenneth Walker, so I'm taking him at the 104. I do like him, not that I don't like him. I just I actually, uh, even though I think everybody else hates him, I, I still have Isaiah Spiller as my RB two. Uh, and Brees is my RB1. So uh, I, I, I do think that I know I've watched the film. I know that he can catch the ball and he looks okay doing it, but it's still a red flag for me that two different schools never throw him the ball, even if those teams aren't heavy with the running backs in the passing game. So, I mean, you got, you have, it worries me in the sense that the NFL, are they going to, you know, we've never seen you do it. Are we going to have you do it? So, We've seen guys do it, but I'm just – that's a big red flag for me. It's why I knock him down a little bit. But I, I'm taking him at the 104 because I know everybody else loves him, and even if I don't want to hold on to him, I can trade him to somebody else. If we were in an actual draft, I might trade down from the 104 here, but as it is, I will take Kenneth Walker. 
keep in mind they never threw the ball to Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin either, but I think he offense. had more than like 13 catches for his career though. True. Well, <laughs> Kenneth Walker over also played for Wake Forest when they were a complete shit show still. And I mean, look at a guy like Hassan Haskins from Michigan and Kenneth Walker. These are just two offenses that they just don't throw to the running backs. So this is where watching guys at combine drills, see what they could do. I understand that it's not in pads or anything like that, but I want to see, can they run the routes? Can they turn? Can they secure the ball? Are they hands catchers? What are their, what is their body positioning? Like what is their body language like when they're running these drills too? So I know that the combine, AKA the underwear Olympics, people, they take a lot of stock out of that. But there are certain things. If you haven't seen a guy do it, can he do it here? At least show us something. So I'm not thinking about Kenneth And I Walker get that. But I, I, my concern, too, is, I mean, we've seen guys who have shown the ability to catch the ball and not get the opportunity to do it in the pros. So now you got to have a guy who hasn't shown the ability in games, get to the right team that that is even willing to throw him the ball and, and then and then get that kind of passing. That That's just the concern for me. And, hey, that's why, you know, landing spot is important. Yes. People always say talent over opportunity, but if he goes somewhere where they just don't throw it to the running backs, you have to adjust. And a month from now, honestly, this draft could be completely different. Oh, I, I think know. this draft is going to be so landing spot dependent for a we lot of guys. We should do this again after the draft. I, I was going to mention that. Changes. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think we are going right. to do it after the draft. Right. I don't know who, who just, might be on, but we're I just invited myself it. back for it. So Done. there you go. You're, You're on. on in May. <laughs> okay, Scott, you're up at the 105. Okay, so at this point, um, I would have been happy to take Walker as well. Um, there's not – until we get landing spots, until we see draft capital, uh, I'll wait on the quarterbacks. Um, I debated here Traylon Burks or Drake London. Uh, I like both of them, and – depending on who I take higher will probably be where they land and what offense and how I think they're going to be used. And, you know, I just saw Drake London absolutely smash last year and it was amazing to watch. And I love those big X receivers, man. So I went ahead with Drake London at 105. Um, I'm just an X receiver guy, man. I I just like those big guys go up and get the ball. I mean, the guy had literally like eight catches a game. Like it was just wild. Um, uh, just monster monster season in that Actually, offense. 11 catches a game 11 catches a game right yeah okay yeah um yeah i mean just just crazy just crazy numbers and that's it's cool it's college whatever that offense isn't going to be in the nfl i understand but just seeing what he could do um i feel like it'll translate enough even if the separation isn't quite there um he could still make plays and and you know he's, he's gonna be one of those guys he could be an 80 catch guy so i'll take him there 105 and London, I think for me, is a guy I'm not going to end up with in any rookie drafts. I, I am a part of that uh, that London doesn't get enough se- separation narrative. It just scares me. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And uh, what do you think, Mike? Pittman was the same thing. Pittman was the same thing. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things, too. A lot of it could be the offense that he's running right now. I think a lot of it, too, could be quarterback play. I'm not a Keaton Slovis guy. Um, but I'm curious to see what he does after transferring to Pitt. You know, does he have kind of a re, you know, a reascendance? If that's not a word, it is now. Yeah, um, it is. Well, all right, perfect. Um, that's our uh, Rocky. Write that down. Reascendance. <laughs> that yeah. is the show title. Thank you very much. Love it. I, I've seen him separate. He's. I think he's fast enough, and if he's in a good enough scheme, 
you know, a lot of times you could scheme players open. It's also imperative that a quarterback throws a wide receiver open. These are all important things. Um, I like Drake London. I'm not as high on Drake London as other guys are. Um, so honestly, doing this mock with you guys was great because stuff kept falling to me that I was not expecting. Um, so my pick was Traylon Burks at the 1-6. A lot of people have him as their wide receiver one still. Um, mine for it's still Garrett Wilson is my wide receiver one. But man, Traylon Burks is special. He reminds me of CD Lamb watching him play, just his body movements, the way he goes up and grabs the ball. I want to see a little bit more physicality from him, though. I know people are always like, why do you care about blocking so much? Because <laughs> it gets you on the field. Coaches like when you do what you're supposed to do. That's why. I like Traylon Burks. And, man, at the 1-6, that's value for sure. Yeah, and just going back to London, it just it scares me when a guy one of a guy's best traits is is contested catches. That's that's not what I want to hear is your best trait, but um That's my best trait. So I gotta stick <laughs> with my guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I I the Burks pick is really good value at 106. And he just I would agree. He did make a, he made a lot of great catches and uh he, I also think he's very, really good after the catch, not even just like he breaks off long touchdowns or anything like that. He'll just take, he'll take a three yard pass and turn it into a 15 yard pass. Um, not always, like you said, he can be a little more physical, but sometimes just with the, his body movement and things like that, he'll gain those extra yards. So uh, I guess that brings it back to me at one Oh seven. And I am going with Alabama's Jamison Williams. I love this guy. If it wasn't for the injury, I'd have him even higher than this. Uh, I, I probably would have taken him at 104. Uh, he's just an electrifying player. He's got the speed, but he's more than a speed guy. Uh, he, he just had a ridiculous season last year. And again, if it wasn't for the ACL, uh, you're going to have to probably wait on him a little bit. Uh, he might not be ready to start the season. I, I haven't heard much either way on that, but uh, it sounds like he's going to get first round draft capital despite that. So uh, I'm all in on Jamison Williams. I just, I love watching the guy play. I mean, he is like a, a, a couple of times you've seen him do that sick double move where he just runs right past the guy after faking him out to the sideline. So give me some Jamison Williams. I love that pick. <laughs> I, I did love that pick there a lot. I mean, one seven, it's fantastic. And we're at one seven in a super flex draft and only one quarterback that tells you a lot about this class. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and I, I agree. And I thought actually uh, I for sure was just ready to type in Jameson Williams until you did. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I'm totally good with that. Uh, I know John McGlynn loves him some Jameson Williams. So uh, he loves him some Jameson and he loves him some Jameson Williams. So look at that. <laughs> Um, so at 108, I decided not enough quarterbacks have gone off the board. Um, I like Kenny Pickett enough. He's older. That's not good. Uh, you know, typically, um, he maybe doesn't have the upside. We hear a lot of comps to like a Derek Carr type, whatever. And you know how much I love hating Derek Carr. And so I'm not thrilled about it, but it's like, if you're one of those middling teams where you have 108 that's not changing the game for you, but maybe you can flip him or package him to get to somewhere you want to be. If he comes in and gets a chance, yeah, what if Carolina takes him and then he has a chance to beat out Bradford, then you maybe is like a Mac Jones type season where you can, uh, you, you know, just call Sam Darnold, Sam Bradford. 
I think. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> I did. Same, Same difference, Radford. really. I mean, Sam Radford is probably still getting paid by. I know. <laughs> oh my God, good for him. Talk good for him. Thief, was he the last one before the rookie pay scale? I think so. I think he was the last yeah. guy. That, that, yeah. That, yeah, I got think paid right. a ridiculous amount of money. Isn't He's probably the reason why. Regardless, <laughs> Carolina needs someone. Bradford, Darnold, you know, <laughs> Slasher, Sam, whatever. It doesn't matter. But Kenny Pickett probably beat out any of them at this point. Um, again, don't love him. But, hey, if he can Mac Jones it and I can flip him for something else or even a 23 first and take a shot at that class, I'd probably do that. He's got those tiny hands, though. <laughs> Just like Joe Burrow. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, right. Even smaller, though. But, yeah, I think he is the most pro-ready guy, as a lot of people are saying. So sure. uh, I think that's a solid pick at 107. So Mike, Mike's up at 108. I'm sorry, that was 108. We're at 109. Yeah, so, again, the draft keeps coming to me. And, honestly, I would have taken Kenny Pickett at this pick had he been here. Huge Kenny Pickett fan, as we all are aware of. But Isaiah Spiller falls to me at the 109. Honestly, I thought about him at my last pick. But I'm just thinking, like, do I want who I think could be a wide receiver one in a couple of years? Or the reality of the fact is, I don't know if that made any sense. The reality of the fact is running backs could be out of the league in a couple of years. At one point in time, Todd Gurley was the highest paid player in the NFL. I think now he's on the street. And so it's amazing how fast things change. We've seen guys uh, get just taken off the practice squad, thrown in the lineups, and then they have a couple good weeks and they're gone again. But still, that being said, the way that this round went, I got the guy I wanted at the back part of this round. We'll get to him. Isaiah Spiller. Rocky, he's your running back, too. He's my running back, too, as well. I think he's fantastic. Good contact balance. He's got yep. great speed. This dude can catch the ball if you want a guy to catch the ball. He can block like a mofo, too. They even put him out there at fullback sometimes. I saw him lined out wide. For whatever reason, I would love if Isaiah Spiller went to Buffalo. That's kind of like my dream destination. I don't know why. It's something I was thinking. I would, of. He'll I would fall love because people will think CJ Spiller, and then he'll just <laughs> fall, and then we'll all take him at 109. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that too. I like yeah. Isaiah Spiller a lot. Shifty, quick. I, I have that exact That's word down in my my rookie notes. Is, is shifty. I love I love him in the open field. He just he, he makes people miss. He can break some tackles. Uh, Anything else you want to say before I, I go on to my pick, Michael? The, the other thing is, you know, if I think a lot of people have the same concerns you do about Kenneth Walker. If that's the case, then you should be valuing a guy who can catch the ball and is a very natural receiver like Isaiah Spiller. He should be above Kenneth Walker. So, you know, this is when I start to question people's processes. I'm not questioning Scott. If you like Kenneth Walker better, you like him better. But there's a lot of people that they, they just subscribe to the Twitter echo chamber and they're like, oh, well, this guy's better because of this. And I saw this guy say it and this mock draft did it. So I like him. Well, what research did you do? If you want to be successful, mock drafts help because you can see how values change daily and weekly and monthly or whatever. Do your own research. It's really important. Of course, listen to podcasts like this. You can listen to my podcast if you want. The flag's behind me. <laughs> but you have to get your eyes on these people too. If you're an analytics guy, crunch the numbers however you do it. Personally, I'm a film guy because to me, numbers lie, but the tape doesn't. You can play or you can't. So, you know, and it, it's okay to admit you're wrong too. I do it all the time. I'm married. I admit I'm wrong every single day. 
it's a daily process. It, it really is. I'm, I'm apologizing to a toddler more times often than not. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, you said Apple Gax, not Cheerios. Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> I will say for the record, my Dynasty Rewind Campus to Canton League, my logo is Texas A&M CJ Spiller, or I say it, oh God, <laughs> Isaiah Spiller, because he was my first pick. I think so, Scott's like rewinding I like 2012 Spiller before. or something tonight. <laughs> I did CJ Spiller and Sam Bradford. and <laughs> I live in the past, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so many hopes for CJ Spiller, too. Uh, uh, but yeah, Mike Mike sniped me with uh, Isaiah Spiller there. I, yeah. I Like I said, I took Walker earlier uh, for the value, and I, and I, I love me some Jamison Williams. I thought Spiller would last to me at the 110, uh, but he, he did not. So I took quarterback Matt Corral. Uh, he's actually – I mean, Malik Willis is my QB1 just because of the value, because of the ceiling. But in terms of when I watched the guys on film, the guy I actually scored the best was Matt Corral. He was my favorite of the quarterbacks. He's uh, fun to watch. He's got a great deep ball, uh, I think. He's got, yeah, very pretty accurate, uh, nice touch on it, uh, which I, I think is an underrated skill uh, and can definitely help your fantasy points. Uh, he's definitely mobile. He does, uh, he's a little reckless with his mobility, which is an issue. He's got to clean that up. Yeah, and, and the pros. Uh, it takes too many hits, um, but but yeah, I, and he's he, I don't think he's reckless. He did have some interception problems earlier in his career, but he looked like he kind of cleaned that up his last year there. Uh, but he, he's thrown into some tight windows, not too reckless, and I he doesn't have a cannon for an arm, but it's solid enough. So Matt Corral's my guy here, uh, one ten. Also, just one quick note on that. Yeah, the dude takes way too many shots yes. to the head. I mean, like he needs to learn how to slide. He needs to learn how to get out of bounds because he is not going to last as a quarterback in the NFL just taking shots like that over and over again. Like there are times I'm watching film and I see him, and it's like play after play, and I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> get this guy out of there, dude. What are you doing? So, I don't know. Yeah, um, Matt Corral was my second pick in that Dynasty Rewind Campus to Canton League, so I will be rooting for him regardless. Yeah, I'm hoping he gets that first round roster. draft capital too, though. If he if he's some, it seems like he's kind of on the edge of first second. Yeah, flips to second. He, I'm gonna he's be probably worried. a second. He's probably a second, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, yeah. So the next pick, I have kind of a handful of guys here at 111 that. You know, like we talked about earlier this year, we felt like at the end of the first, early second, we'd be looking at a lot of receivers at this value. Um, and, you know, I didn't have an Ohio State receiver yet, so I just went ahead with him uh, over over Penn State just so I can just shut up the haters for a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, really it was either way. I could have wrote down uh, Dotson or Olave. I just put Olave. It made no difference to me. I knew, honestly, that – Bauer was a uh, Penn State guy, so I just want to give him that opportunity to talk about his man. <laughs> All right, well, I'm just going to do it now. So I took Jahan Dotson at the 112, and honestly, I would have been happy had I gotten Chris Olave, had I gotten Jahan Dotson. I'm happy either way. Love Jahan Dotson, though. People question his like physicality, but he doesn't need to be physical because he's always open. I mean, this guy was the reason that they won as many games as they did because Sean Clifford was not helping them win any games. Oh, he's terrible. Oh, I hate Sean Clifford. By the way, I really hate that he came back for a sixth year. A sixth year. <laughs> get Kick rid of it. Out of Happy Valley. Like, get, get him out of here, man. I cannot stand Sean Clifford. 
But I think uh, when they start losing to a Big Ten team, you'll see Drew Alar come in and he'll take the job from there. Please, please. Um, listen, John Dodson, fantastic guy, fantastic receiver. Grew up 20 minutes from my house. Um, so I kind of known of him for a number of years now. I saw him play in person this past season against Maryland, and he went absolutely bonkers on the Maryland defense. The defense is in quotey fingers because they don't play very good defense down there in Maryland. But Chris Olave is a guy I like too. I saw a lot of mocks for him going to the Eagles, and I would love if Chris Olave went to the Eagles to be completely yeah. honest. I can't know you'd love that too, man. Uh, I'm well, not as high on Chris Olave as some, but he'd be fine. Well, would you rather see Chris Olave or Jalen Rager out there? Oh, I would rather see Chris Olave. I'd rather I'd rather see you out there than Jalen Rager, Mike. No, you wouldn't. I guarantee you would not. <laughs> okay, maybe Sidla. Sidla's got the height at least. So uh, I got contested catches. Yeah, no separate. <laughs> okay, so that, that finishes up our first round. I'll run through the guys real fast and then I'll give my 201 pick. Uh Brees Hall at the 101, Willis at two. Garrett Wilson at three, Kenneth Walker at four, Drake London five, uh, Traylon Burke six, Jamison Williams 107, Kenny Pickett, the second quarterback, comes in at 108, Isaiah Spiller 109, praying for first round draft capital, Matt Corral at 110, and uh, Chris, Olave, uh, Chris Olave and Jahan Dotson round us out for the first round. And that brings us to me at 201. This is another guy I just kind of loved watching him on tape. Uh, Christian Watson, kind of like Jamison Williams. They're very different receivers, but the, the, both of them kind of excited me. I, Christian Watson, like every time I watched uh, one of his games, he seemed to make one wow play every game. He's definitely raw. Uh, he's a big guy, uh, but uh, I think he gets a little more separation than what I saw from Drake London, but he's also playing at a much lower level, so we have to factor that in. Uh, but but he <laughs> 12 defense, uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I guess you may be right, Scott. Maybe it's not that much lower, but <laughs> but he's got a great size speed combo. Uh, Watson does, um, and, and he's got a lot of good moves after the catch. He made a lot of they would use him on, on end around sometimes, and you pick up a bunch of yards occasionally going for long touchdowns. Uh, like I said, raw. Uh, I think he doesn't have the most diverse route tree. It looked like to me, uh, and it was a little rough running some of his routes as well. But uh, hopefully that can be coached up. I just I love the talent there, and I'm hearing a lot um, from what I'm seeing that there's a chance he could go in the first, and I think it's a lock he goes in the second. So it's going to have decent draft capital. Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully Watson's like the the Packers or something, <laughs> and and, uh, and this will be a value pick here. Well, they don't need they don't need Christian Watson out there, right? <laughs> no, who needs receivers? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> Who's that guy they have in the slot? He's forty three. He's the oldest wide wide receiver. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Oh, sorry, Same. Randall Cobb. Yeah, they got Kentucky Amari Rogers quarterback out. Randall Cobb. Yeah, got it. Okay. They got Amari Rogers. Yeah, loaded, loaded baby. Yeah, <laughs> I like the Christian Watson pick though. Be honest with you, I, I see a lot of people taking him in the first round, but I think I think second round is a much better spot for him. Yeah, I think he fits in real well where where I have him here. It, 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 he's in the group with a bunch of these guys here. They're going to. I'd like some of these guys uh, that are also went around here, who, including who Scott's going to take next. I'm just going to tell you that this second round, and it doesn't take any genius to figure this out, is going to have some massive variance. Like you are going to see yes. players taken at 201 that are like 210 in other drafts. I mean, it's it's just going to be – it's wide open. 
just and go again, pick the guy you want. I mean, from, from now to a month from now, the 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 landing spot is going to matter so much for a lot of these. It, it will. It, it will. It'll it'll matter more than it has um, in quite a while. And you know, a lot for me, there was about four players or so in this next tier. Uh, Watson being one of them. Uh, pretty much the next four picks, maybe the next five, depending. Um, but really, the next four picks, they went all right in a row. Uh, I went ahead with Sky Moore at 202. Um, I don't know how much of him I'll actually have in real drafts. So I thought this was an opportunity to take him. Uh, but honestly, no, I do like him. Um, you know, I like his game. And I feel like, again, in the second round, you you can't go wrong, right? I mean, you take a shot and you see and you see what happens. Your your hit rate's going to be lower in the second round anyway. So pick the player you want. You want to go running back, fine. You want to take a quarterback, fine. You know, whatever. The second round's just going to be wide open. So I just went with a guy I liked, Sky Moore. You know, Scott, like what you were saying here, we could do you the three of us could do this exact same mock draft ten times, and we could have ten different second yeah. rounds. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And none of them would be wrong. Like, I think the first round, like we kind of know who our first round guys are here. That's mm-hmm. pretty cut and dry at this point. Yeah. But the second round, like, so I took Rashad White at the 2-3. And I like Rashad White. I don't love Rashad White. I think Rashad White is like super average. But at the Senior Bowl, he showed that he can really catch the ball. And he was one of the best players on the field at the Senior Bowl. A lot of people like to knock Senior Bowl players. Um, Rashad White, I believe he was recruited. I can't remember where exactly, but he was not academically eligible. I believe if my story is correct. So he went to JUCO for two years, went to Arizona State. He played some pretty good ball. I mean, he's a pretty average guy, but he does everything well enough where I think there could be a team that falls in love with him. And he's 6'2, 210 pounds. So the dude's a mauler in between the tackles. So at 2'3, He's probably one of the last guys that I could see being a quote-unquote third down back in this class. The rest of the running backs after this um, are probably going to be committee backs. Yeah. Unfortunately. Agreed. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I'm with you on Rashad Way. I, I get the appeal of him, and uh, I do like him. But I think he's yeah definitely kind of what uh, Zach Reed calls a pass catcher plus. He he definitely has that, that PPR upside. And if the starter, you know – He's probably the one B at best to somebody. The starter goes down. He can maybe, you know, pop for a few weeks for you. For sure. Uh, but uh, so that brings me to 204. And uh, another guy I really like in this class, his stock has kind of fallen from, I think, earlier in the process. And that's David Bell. He's he's a just a great route runner. Uh, he I, I see him getting a lot of sec- separation just from his body movement, to the way he, you know, uses shoulder shake or, or, or his feet footwork to, to kind of, get himself open. We know he doesn't have the speed. We knew that watching on tape and then he, he proved it at the combine and, uh, uh, but, but he produced a lot. And I just think he's a guy that's going to, he's probably, he's not going to have the ceiling of some of these guys that went in the first round, but he's a guy I think that's going to be in the league for years and years, Uh, pile up some receptions, get himself open and uh, be a solid fantasy asset. And I, I'm fine getting that at the two Oh four. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably never going to have a David Bell share. <laughs> I like David Bell. I knew that was coming. And there's other guys that I think you can get later in the draft that will be exactly the same in both the NFL and fantasy that that David Bell will be. I'm just going to throw a couple names at you guys real quick. Because I think it's important to to know about, well, if you don't like this guy, who are some guys that you can like, mm-hmm. Danny Gray from SMU. 
um, is a guy I just scouted him. He's great. Eric Ezukanama. I don't know if I'm oh, saying that right. Yes. His tech. Um, yes. Love I've what he does on the field. Yes. I would rather have Jalen Tolbert over David Bell. Um, oh, the David Bell slander here, man. Yes. The David Bell slander. <laughs> and when people talk about stats, that's because Purdue is always down by 50 points. So all they do is throw the ball. So it's or don't. It's important to note that. Um, Joe and Gata from Clemson. I like a little bit too. Um, let's see here. I had somebody else queued up and I don't know where I put him. Uh, Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Yeah. I'll give you some similar production as well. Um, and if you want a really late round dart throw, Amika Emaze from NC State. Um, he's another big body, go down the field and get it type guy. But you can probably get him as a UDFA. I think some of these guys are going to really give you the same production as David Bell. And you could take a lot of other people at the 2 4. Rocky, not to crap all over your pick. As you just did. <laughs> just to let people know there are options outside of the first round in this draft. It's all about how you scout. Make sure you print out who got drafted and look these guys up afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to respectfully disagree, Mike. That's, hey, look, see, that's, <laughs> see, that's what makes this game of fantasy football great. We all have different exactly. processes, none of them are wrong. Because the likelihood is, you know, in a 12-team league, none of us could win. So, you know what I mean? There's a little yeah. bit more to win. Well, Scott's going to tell you that he's going to win. So, I know it's coming. Correct. There you go. See? <laughs> okay. And here's why. <laughs> no. Um, actually, listen to the Rookie Fever episode with at all-purpose scout Jason D. Rienzo. Um, just listen to that. He talks about David Bell. He, he has a way... I can here's here's the thing, and I've said this many times before. Wait, are you about to crap on my pick too, Scott? I'm not a film guy. <laughs> I don't have I don't have like some model that I plug into. I use a little bit of everything. I use Matt Waldman. I use my resources, okay? And I put it all together. But the one position that I watch, first of all, if it's Big Ten, I've seen all the games, I've seen all the players. I watched them probably live, okay? So I've been watching them for years. I think David Bell was kind of misused in that offense. I cannot communicate why I like David Bell, but I love David Bell, and I would have taken him with my next pick. I, I don't love it, know. I, I completely agree, though, with everything Mike just said about these other guys having same production and all that. I, I totally get it. They're 100%. I will probably have 25 shares of David Bell. I'll probably be completely wrong. But for whatever reason, when I watch it, what I see it, like when I see him, it's just different. I just see, I just see it with him. Dude just always gets open. I don't, yeah, I mean, he's not special in any way, but, but then he is like, I just, I don't. <laughs> Scott, yeah. I, have a, I have a message for you. I'm told to tell you that David Bell's ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we need to know who that's from. <laughs> I mean. I am quite sure that he's never going to do anything in the NFL because of how much I like him. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. But again, I don't, I can't give you any, any substantive evidence of why. So don't listen to me. I'm just <laughs> telling you, this is, I'm, this is my opinion for me, but don't let, don't do that because I said to, because I'm not, because actually Rocky told you to, not me, just to be Yes, clear. I told you to. Scott's right. Um, okay. So now that we've, Unless he talked about a guy who's completely round. irrelevant, will never even play in the NFL for 25 minutes. Uh, let's get on to pick 205. 
this guy, I don't really like him. I don't hate him. I actually thought he's a little bad. Everybody's been kind of shitting on this guy too. And I don't think he was that bad, but I don't think he's a top tier prospect either. But now you're starting to see a lot of this. Maybe he slides into the first round and his name is Desmond Ritter. Um, I watched him in some of the big games. Didn't think he looked that great. He did have a couple good throws here and there. There's a couple good clips out there where he just puts the ball in a spot. That's amazing. I mean, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're a quarterback. You throw a lot of passes. Aren't some of them going to be good? Like, I mean, they're not all going to be bad, right? So I don't I don't know that. Like, when I watch him, I don't think, like, oh, this guy's going to light up the NFL or, like, oh, this guy's a first-round pick. Um, I don't watch him and go, oh, he'd never play, right? You know, he's just one of those, like, eh, okay, whatever. But, again, here we are in the second round. Um, honestly, just for the sake of the mock, I did, I did this. I took a couple of these type players here that we're going to talk about because I, I relate it to the last few years. My strategy has been like in the third and fourth round, I was just splitting up my picks between like, um, Kyle trash and Kellen Mond and, uh, Davis mills. And then I end up with 11 shares of Davis mills and now he's a starter. And now I've been able to trade him and get my profit and all this. And it cost me nothing. What is a third round pick worth? Nobody cares about third round picks, right? And so I know we're in the middle of the second. So it's not the exact comparison. But I just wanted to be able to say that as a portfolio player, I made a nice profit with that strategy, specifically last year. And it's worked out well for me in the past. And so any of these guys that are like, as long as these quarterbacks are at least day two picks, I'll probably throw a shot at them. And we'll just see what happens, you know, like whatever. If it hits, I'm profiting. And if it doesn't hit, like it maybe is a backup or something. You can always use those guys. Well, I will say there's, there's a lot of talk of Ritter going in the first round, which yeah, to me is crazy. And if no, he I don't does, this is, you have to pick him here or earlier uh, if he goes in the first round. But I don't see it either. I do not like Ritter even a little bit. He, to me, is a poor man's Zach Wilson. And you know how I feel about Zach Wilson. <laughs> He's wow. got some mobility. Oh, wow. He's got some mobility, but oh, he is not. Boy, we better in, apologize yeah. to Mr. Ritter's mother because this was, <laughs> that's like the worst. That's like oh, the biggest yeah. insult I can give. Yeah, um, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I mean, it reminded me a lot because I he would throw like, it seemed to me like Cincinnati did a decent job of scheming guys open. And then he would throw it inaccurately to those guys. Like even when they caught it, they'd be reaching behind them. They'd be jumping, you know, for high balls. Uh, I just I don't like Ritter even a little bit. I know he's getting a lot more hype. Uh, I think probably because again the combine, which I tend to not weigh as much, and I know he tested well there, even when we all knew he was athletic and can run. But uh, yeah, I I think you have to take him if he gets decent capital somewhere in the second round. But I just probably won't be doing it. <laughs> I don't think Desmond Ritter is as athletic as people think he is, or as good of a runner. He's very good at throwing on the run. I'll say that. I also don't think he's as bad as people think he is. What he needs is to go somewhere to develop for a year, two max, good coaching. I think Atlanta would be the perfect spot for Desmond Ritter. They have Marcus Mariota there. there you go. Yeah. Um, sure. But my problem with Desmond Ritter is he's wildly inconsistent. And I think a lot of it is mechanics. We all know they don't really teach stuff like that in college. They, they're they there to win football games. You know what I mean? They, they don't give a, a you know what. Jalen Samuels once said, I never learned how to pass block in college. 
Well, you know, see, the, right. problem, the problem I have is I understand they don't teach these guys, but if you want to win games, you need technically sound guys on the football field. I'm sure some programs do. That being said, I'm okay with Desmond Ritter here. I don't hate him as much as I thought I was going to do or I was going to, but this is this is good value right here. Um, yeah, so I'll just roll into my next pick. So for a tight end premium draft, we're not getting a lot of tight ends, but I took Trey McBride out of Colorado State. So I think Trey McBride only had one touchdown last year, something like that. Um, yeah. Did Colorado State score more than it, one touchdown? Like, he had like 90 catches and 1,000 yards, but only one touchdown. The Colorado State offense is really tough to watch. It is not a fun watch. That's being it's, kind. It's really wonky. Um, I'm watching this quarterback, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I heard about a dude from northern Iowa. Garrett Price was talking about him the other night. So Nate was like, should we check this guy out? And I'm like, oh, look at him. And I'm looking at him, and this quarterback is back there getting murdered every single play. You know what I mean? That That's what it kind of reminds me of with Trey McBride. The line's not great. Quarterback's not good. Not really a good running game to speak of. However, Trey McBride, I like a lot. Got the ball in his hand. He's like a little bowling ball. Bring up my scouting card right here. Um, route running's pretty sharp, although I spelled sharp with a G somehow. His speed <laughs> is fast but not elite. Fairly agile for his size. Very good on screen passes. Um, his release is pretty decent off the line, although they don't really run a ton of routes as a tight end. You know, it's a lot of ins and whatnot. And I'm using my hands a lot. Um, he can open up the field. I know his stats don't show it. Um, run blocking does need a little bit of work, but that being said, overall, he's the number one tight end in this class. And what's not a great tight end class, there is a lot of uh, taxi squashes, and that is my term for a taxi squad stash. Lots <laughs> of taxi squashes in the later rounds and as UDFAs, which we could touch on after the draft. Yeah, and I, I hadn't really dived in a lot to the tight ends in terms of watching them on film. I've done some research, just reading stuff and things like that. But yeah, Trey McBride was the one guy I would have thought about somewhere in the second round, but you, you took him here. Uh, from what I'm hearing, a lot of the other guys are uh, so um, I haven't got to watch most of them yet, though. Uh, but my pick came up next at the 207, and I'm surprised we let this guy slip this far because I feel like he's he's getting some uh, heat as the uh, draft process goes on. George Pickens is my pick here at the 207. Uh, I did like what I saw from him um, pre-injury. Uh, looking at that film and I thought it was promising that he came back later in the year played played uh, at the end of the year uh, it's got pretty decent speed I, I thought his hands were really good um, I thought he was pretty decent on contested catches as well able to use his height uh, so George Pickens uh, is a guy I really I think he has a huge ceiling uh, but also uh, a very low floor so 207 is I think pretty good value for him I, I think he probably goes a little higher in, in a lot of drafts post-draft, uh, NFL draft. Any thoughts on Pickens, either of you? Yeah, Pickens, I mean, he's like he's definitely explosive. And if he comes all the way back from from those injuries, um, I, I get it. He could, he could be a very explosive receiver in this class. Um, I'm really not sure what to think about him. I did like him early uh, in his career. He had the injury. He fought hard and came back. So I, I appreciate that. I mean, he at least... Um, he at least worked to get back, which is one of the things that I loved about Waddle last year, right? Is where he he worked so hard to get back and basically limped around that national championship game, right? And that was just such a like 
gutsy thing to do considering you know you're going to be drafted here in the NFL and you're out there just risking it with your teammates. Like, I can respect that. Um, so, I mean, I like him enough and definitely as a mid-second pick, let's let's throw that dart. Let's, let's go get him. I mean, if he falls in the right situation, I think he can have an impact. Um, I think there's maybe still a lot he has to learn. Uh, you know, maybe football wise and and just football iq i would say um again as just me watching wide receivers that's the position i know that's that's my my analysis of it um but but yeah i mean the guy's an athlete he makes plays so ultimately uh mid-second it's perfectly good spot what are what are your thoughts mike on on uh pickens i like pickens i wish he would not have went to georgia Catching passes yeah. from Stetson Bennett. Yeah. So if you have Stetson Bennett in a Devi league, I'm sure you could probably just go ahead and drop him. Um, he ain't it. I like George Pickens. He he's bursty, but not like a not really great speed overall. I don't think could shed defenders, fights in the red zone. Um, good off the line, but I wouldn't say elite release. Routes are nice. Okay. Very nice. He's a natural hands catcher with strong hands. I didn't see a lot of drops. Then again, it's not like Georgia throws the ball a lot anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> pretty good in the red zone as far as contested catches. My whole thing is, and there's a clip out there, and Scott, cover your ears. Um, it's him just shoving that Michigan defensive back to the ground. Yeah. His his physicality is inconsistent because I see him get pushed around a lot too, but then he goes and does stuff like that. So it's like you got to figure out what you're going to be here. You know what I mean? Right. So as much as I like George Pickens, I think he's a little bit inconsistent. That yeah. Being said, if you would if you would have taken George Pickens, let, let's say you take George Pickens from the 207, and you put him at the 110, and then you take Matt Corral and move him to the 205, and then put Desmond Ritter at the 207, I could see that happening too. You know what I mean? A yeah. lot of the mocks that we do over at Dynasty Rewind, George Pickens is a late first round, early second round guy. Depending sure. on where yeah, picks, that's what I've seen too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I considered him at two hundred five. I mean, uh, I I definitely did. I I think there's enough there, but I think he's going to have to go, be well coached, figure out you know the role he's going to play, and I think it's possible, right? I wouldn't rule it out. You know, would you be shocked if he's a contributor? You know, no. would you be shocked? Uh, no, I don't think all. anybody would, right? So, um. Yeah, so with with uh, with Pickens off the board, um, I don't know a lot about the tight end class. I'll be honest with you. I just uh, I was on vacation last week. We drove down to Florida from Chicagoland with two kids Ooh. under two, so that was fun. I listened to <laughs> I listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot. You can imagine. I was in the car a lot, and then I was you know on the beach and whatever. I was listening to podcasts like twenty four seven. And so I got in, I got caught up on so many and I got tons of rookie talk and I feel um, getting all that knowledge, but honestly, nobody's talking about the tight ends. Like, where is the tight end talk? Who's talking about them? Cause literally I don't hear anything about these guys. So I didn't even consider one at this point. I'm not familiar enough with them. We are, but we're doing it on the Patreon. Cause like nobody cares enough. <laughs> like just our normal <laughs> listeners. They don't care enough to, to hear about it. There, there's a bunch of good ones. John in the comments saying Greg Dulcich from UCLA. I love Greg Dulcich. It's Charlie Kohler, who I like a lot. There's Kate Otten out of Washington. Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State. What well, happened to Wettermeyer? What happened uh, to him? He ran uh, like a 4.840. So he's just slow. 
He's very Hands slow. Five. Okay. He, he has great hands, though. That's the thing about Jalen Weidemeyer. But I definitely moved him down my ranks. Um, there, there are some guys. What about is it is it Jelani Jelani Woods? Jelani is Woods, he just a total project. Or I I know he's got. A, they're saying he's very athletic. I could bring up my scouting card on him if you would like, Rocky, and tell sure. you. I think Jelani Woods is a guy that you're probably going to draft in like the fourth round of your rookie drafts, unless he gets crazy good draft capital, which I doubt that he will. Um, he did finish his collegiate career at Virginia. I don't remember where he, I think he went to Oklahoma state before that. Um, he's really big and he's really strong, but aside from that, he's pretty average Okay. across the board. Um, just looking at it. I mean, strong, good contested catch, not much after the catch run blocking is just okay because he's so big. He has a hard time getting leverage on smaller defenders and they can kind of like, like if he had to block a guy like Brandon Graham size, who I think is only like six foot six, one Brandon Graham, these guys in the NFL are going to be good enough where they can use their strong lower half and leverage. And they'll just, him. Yeah. They'll, nope. they'll move around him because he's so big and lanky um, and not a lot of production. So like, you know, our grading scale goes from two, which is developmental to nine, which is hall of famer. Eight is pro all pro seven is pro bowler. Like, I don't think I've ever graded anyone in eight or nine. I've met a 4.5, which is right between backup and serviceable. And I think that's what he's going to be in the NFL. So you didn't grade Pitts as a hall of famer. Well, this, I <laughs> we, we just started using this. Oh, I it was above Rocky. It was a 12. Uh, okay. <laughs> this, this off season, I started using this. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, but Johnny Woods is a guy to definitely think about as well. Um, so yeah, oh, and Gator was saying uh, that Weidemeyer actually ran a five oh forty. So Jesus, there are quarterbacks. How about uh, there was a kid from Nevada? Because I'm going to talk about his quarterback next at two oh eight. I took Carson Strong. Yeah, and uh, his tight end, I believe, Cole Turner. Yeah, Cole Turner is like a six foot six tight end that can't move anybody. He's six six two forty. They just um, he just threw it up for him, and he just he got it done. So he did well for my college team. I know that. I have him graded at a 4.89, so a little bit better than Jelani Woods. Right, um, right. He's another guy that's just not really much across the board. The only good grade I have on him is um, is his production, but run blocking so-so. Yeah. Playmaking is not that great. He's more of a security blanket guy, and he's more finesse than power, which tight end in the NFL, those two don't really go hand-in-hand for me. You know, it's one of those things like, Zach Ertz was never considered like a real powerful tight end, but he was such a good pass catcher. Cole Turner is not that. This isn't right, Nevada. Right, right. That's the NFC example, East or yeah. the AFC West is not Nevada. So you know what I mean? It's, okay. it's going to be just a huge discrepancy there. Yeah. So, I mean, I took his quarterback, Carson Strong. Um, I liked his arm, and I just liked his guts, man. I just love that this kid, they told him not to play. His doctor told him, don't play this season. His own dad told him, don't play this season. And he played. I mean, he was on a golf cart most of the time getting around at practice. And this dude was playing on one leg. And honestly, one hit in this dude's career is probably over. So I don't know if he gets any draft capital at all. He might be a fourth, fifth. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't even get drafted. I don't know. Um, I just, I loved his arm. I loved his guts. And you know, I just think the kid is like, this might be the only opportunity I get to mention him. So I just <laughs> wanted to. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he has a pretty strong R and he, he's getting drafted, Scott. Um, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> medical, else, some people might wipe him off the board. You don't know. 
Yeah, that, I mean, I just thought everything else was okay, except for his mobility, which was like a guy running in molasses or something like that. Yeah, well, he had one leg, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah, that has something to do with it, all the all the injuries and stuff. So, uh, But everything else, I, when I watched him, it was just like, is Zachary, is this all okay? And his uh, deep ball is okay? And, uh, you know, he's okay, except he can't move, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> and, his, and his arm strength is above average. Actually, my comp for Carson Strong is Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, they just they yeah. remind me a lot of each other. Also, okay. John comments is saying Isaiah likely the tight end. Yeah, I like that one of eleven players since eighteen with two thousand yards and twenty five touchdowns. So I brought up my Isaiah likely yeah. scouting card. Um, he's pretty solid, but there's other guys I'd probably rather take than Isaiah likely, like Grant Calcaterra from SMU. I liked a little bit. Ooh, I yeah. He's a bit he of came a from better, Oklahoma, right? He did. He's a bit of a better blocker, too. So he's going to get he's a little bit older, faster. too, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's like 24, I think. He was born in 1990. He retired, I think, because of concussion issues. And then he ended up coming back and he went down to SMU and uh, he had a good year. Yeah. He will be 24 at the end of the year. Um, but I like him, too. Uh, but my pick is John Mechie from alabama another guy that hurt uh towards acl john mitchie is like some of the best release off the line for wide receivers in this class he's so explosive off the line it's crazy for whatever reason i didn't know much about john mitchie obviously before i scouted him i thought he was like a smaller quick guy he's pretty big he could do everything really well i like john mitchie a lot and i think if he hadn't gotten hurt he probably would get taken I think he would have been in the back of the first round. He would probably bump Chris Olave and Jahan Dotson down into mm. the second, I feel. Um, Brian saying Mechie's undervalued this year. I agree. I agree with that. Interesting. 100%. Okay. And then Rocky, that to you. Brings it to me at the 210. And I, I get just, I'm not a huge fan of this guy, but I just had to pick him because we're at 210 and the value is kind of ridiculous to me. Uh, I'm really surprised he lasted this long because I, I thought more people, like maybe I guess not the two people I'm drafting with, though, <laughs> liked him more than this. But uh, I went with Sam Howell. Uh, I was surprised that he had, he had made it down to the 210 for me. Like I said, I don't love him. Uh, I do like the mobility he showed last year. It is a little weird. He'd never shown it before. But I do know, you know, that everyone knows kind of that he, he lost pretty much all his decent playmakers last Literally year. Literally everyone. Yeah, Javante, Carter, uh, I think Diami Brown was Brown. there. Yeah, a whole bunch of guys. So I guess he so. had to run more. So it was good to see that. Um, I, I felt like he was uh, – not super accurate. He wasn't awful. Uh, he wasn't like Zach Wilson level awful, but uh, <laughs> I, I just had to slip it in there. Uh, but but I did see another thing that bothered me about him, though, is he didn't sense. I didn't think he did a really good job of sensing pressure. I saw him a couple of different times uh, when I was watching film. Is he would just get like smoked from the backside and had no idea it was coming, which which scares me a little bit about yeah, him. Awareness. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I'm just, I'm not sure what to hang my hat on with him, but I know some people smarter than me, uh, like him a lot. So I don't think he's going to get first round draft capital. Uh, so I, I, I do think he's a second round pick in rookie drafts, but two ten seems a little low uh, in my opinion. So I had to snag him here. 
I agree. I think he'll be a day two NFL pick and he'll go somewhere where he can sit for a couple of years and, you know, maybe we'll see him come in for an injured player or something. Um, you know, maybe he'll show us something and see if he develops. But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Howell, he's a guy I have in a Debbie league. Um, so I've kind of watched him over the years and man, I loved him last year, <laughs> you know, but then, but then this year happened and it was kind of like, okay, well, Hey, he's making it, he's, he's making it happen out there. It's one way or another. He's using his legs. So whatever works. Right. So he's a gamer, right? He's just one of those type of guys, but um, okay. So for me at two eleven, I just want to get this guy's name in here too um, because I love this dude. He was one of my first Debbie picks ever in my first Debbie league. Hashtag and, big uh, Clemson wide receiver. And, and team big <laughs> Clemson wide receiver, baby. And uh, I learned that from Outhouse. And at 211, I took Justin Ross. This dude played with a, uh, I believe he played with a fracture in his fifth metatarsal last year. He basically was playing on one foot. Okay. He came back from that neck issue he had surgery he had all that i mean dude was uh listen he was a monster when he had a quarterback when he was healthy he was a stud looked like a true first round wide receiver and then all this stuff happened right um you know he fought back he he played through the season and then he even worked out at the combine and everything i think he had surgery like six six or eight weeks before that something like that um i mean it, it was the time lapse in between was not enough to like recover and go run a 40. So the fact that he even did it, you know, most guys would be like, well, I'm not going to do it because I'm going to run a bad time. So I just love the fact that he did it. Um, and I think he's going to surprise people if he can truly return to health. Um, obviously he's cleared from the neck injury now, but you know, once his foot's healed and, and he's good to go, this, this kid could definitely surprise. I could see him going somewhere where he gets opportunity and people are like, you know, who is this guy, you know, a couple years from now. Um, we'll see if he gets the draft capital. I would guess his ceiling would be like day two, uh, but maybe more like a fourth round pick. He's going to be probably like my Hakeem Butler, right? <laughs> It'd be the 401. And I'll love, he'll go somewhere I like and, and I'll love him and I'll have like 25 shares and, and we'll, you know, never hear from him again. So I, that's my prediction for Justin Ross, but I love the kid. So I'm rooting for him. Yeah. And it, 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 I, real quick, I just wanted to point out because uh, John McGlynn mentioned it in the chat to just to point out what I was saying about Hal 12% sack rate for Hal, too. So, um, so anyway, uh, but with Ross, uh, yeah, I, I, I like him as a flyer, maybe more as the third. Uh, but like you said, I think he probably gets yeah. a three. It, yeah, his, yeah. yeah, his 21 tape did not look real good to me. Uh, he, he struggled to get any separation. It was like every time he kept caught the ball, there was a guy like on his back. But like you said, he's coming back from the, the major injury from before. I didn't even realize the metatarsal thing this year as well. So uh I think he's a nice flyer because his tape, you know, his pre-injury tape is fantastic. Yeah. Any thoughts on, on, on Ross or, or Hal, Mike? And then we'll go uh, to the last pick. Yeah. I'm not a big Sam Hal guy. A lot of people are comping him to Baker Mayfield, which I think is a terrible comp just because they look the same. Doesn't mean they play the same. I don't want either <laughs> of, them, of them on my yeah, fantasy team. To be honest with you, I'm good. Yeah. Um, as far as Justin Ross goes, listen, I love what he went through to come back. Well, I don't love that he had to go through it, but the fact that he fought back to come through that stuff, DJ Ugalele, I don't know if that's how you actually say his name, did his this man no favors in 2021. Mm -hmm. And I got news that's for true. Clemson fans, both of you. Um, 
Cade <laughs> Klubnik, I think his name is. That's the guy you want starting at quarterback for the Clemson Tigers, not DJU. He ain't it. Sorry. Um, to be honest with you, at this point in the draft, I'm probably not drafting Justin Ross. Third, fourth round, I would consider it. I do like uh, another receiver from there, Joe Ngata. Big, physical, um, can actually get open and stretch the field pretty well, too, which we didn't see from Justin Ross. But like Scott said, did have some problems, some health issues. So um, I think if Justin Ross goes to a place where he's not expected to do anything for a year or two, that's going to be beneficial for him. Yeah. Sit back, get healthy, learn whatever system you're in. I think he could actually be a good contributor. Um, but my last pick, another Cincinnati guy, Jerome Ford, running back, Cincinnati, former Alabama player. Why couldn't he get on the field at Alabama? Well, to be a running back at Alabama, you have to be elite. I mean, look at what was ahead of him. Brian Robinson, great running back, um, surprisingly not drafted. here. Well, not super surprisingly. I think he's been like a third-round guy in most rookie picks. Najee Harris before him. So these guys are grinders. They're three-down backs. Jerome Ford, man, he's got good – Good five uh, eleven. I don't have his height right in front of me. I can bring up his scouting card. I thought I did, but I didn't. Um, uh, five eleven, two ten. Five eleven, two ten. You can't tell me that that's not good NFL height and weight, right? Yeah, yeah. I like it. Let me get my scouting card up here for Jerome Ford. Um, okay, so athletically, he does everything well. He's stocky, but yet powerful and shifty. Uh, good size. Sees holes <laughs> opening well. Doesn't run into his linemen. Uh, he waits for the hole to open. He's not the most powerful, but he knows when to use his power. Slippery, and he has nice stutter steps and shiftiness in the open field. Arm tackles won't bring him down. Legs are always pumping. Natural receiver that does more than screens, although they did not throw to their running backs a ton. Uh, pass pro is about average. Natural runner, and he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. Um, I actually haven't projected as like a second to fourth round pick. I'm graded pretty high as a 6.45, so that's well above a good starter. I like uh, Jerome Ford a lot. Gator's saying I'm predictable in the chat. That's fine. Look, 212, that's that's the place for Jerome Ford. If Jerome Ford goes somewhere where he has a chance to be a starting running back, you are not going to regret drafting him, I feel. Gator also said in the chat, at least uh, DJU is better than Hertz, Mike. <laughs> I actually I don't know about that to be honest with you. What I saw from DJU watching these Clemson guys, like he just looked like he had no clue what was going on in the pocket at all. At yeah. all. Like, I don't know. I mean, we're we're talking this His is Clemson. Balling, yeah. You can't play like that at Clemson. Look, they benched Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. So I mean it could happen to him too. And it, it might. He might end up transferring. Who knows? Okay. Um, so I'll cap off the second round here, and we're going to stop here. We, we only plan to do uh, two rounds because we figured, as it has, it'd probably take uh, about an hour. At, uh, we're at, a, at 105. So we'll, we'll move on to find me a trade shortly. But our second round was 201, Christian Watson, 202, Sky Moore. The third pick, Rashad White. At four, David Bell. 205, Desmond Ritter. 206, the only tight end we took in the draft, Trey McBride. Uh, 207, George Pickens, pick eight, Carson Strong, pick nine, John Mechie, 10, Sam Howell, 211, Justin Ross, and then 212, Jerome Ford. Um, you had kind of made a comment about being surprised uh, that some guy we hadn't picked. I, I, one that sprung to mind when you said that is, uh, and I'm curious your thoughts, I'm, I'm surprised none of us picked Samir White. 
Yeah, I like Zemir White. A lot of people like uh, what's James Cook a little bit better. I've seen like those two guys kind of neck and neck in rankings mm-hmm. and getting flip flop backs and forth. But I like I like Zemir White. I like James Cook too. I wish Georgia would commit to one running back so we yeah. know who the and they're like the, the the bizarro version of each other. The one catches tons of passes and doesn't run the ball very much, and Zemir White's the exact opposite. But I think because of the way Georgia just played kind of bounces them out of these rounds to be honest with you and there's guys and you know i'm just going to tell you to just be careful some of the guys that the nfl might like a little bit more than fantasy guys like brian robinson probably better for the nfl damian pierce i think is going to be a better nfl back um there's a guy if you want a super super deep stash depending on where he goes greg bell from um san diego state um Keontae Ingram looks like a twig standing yeah. straight up he runs Kennedy Brooks is the most boring running back I've ever seen in my entire life um here's here's some dart throws for you guys if you want some dart throw running backs I'm just gonna throw some guys out I scattered that I like that I can see being something Letty Brown from West Virginia um nobody likes Max Borg anymore mm-hmm. Pierre Strong was not mentioned but he's worth mentioning I think he could mm-hmm. be something um if you want a third down back like a James White, Raheem Blackshear from Virginia Tech, Sincere McCormick from UTSA, Ty Chandler from UNC, Tyler Algier, if you want everything that Kyron Williams was supposed to be but isn't, that's Tyler Algier. Um, Tyler Beatty, a lot of people like him. I don't, but maybe do your own research there because a lot of people like him. I prefer Tyler Goodson from Iowa. Um, and he then, was misused too. He was. And then Zaquan J. Wright. From uh, South Carolina, I actually ended up liking him better than Kevin Harris. I thought Kevin Harris was super. How cool. many people draft him thinking it's Samir White in oh, their rookie sure. drafts? <laughs> because because <laughs> sleeper White. just does yeah, especially sleeper. Yep. Sleeper, start yep. putting full names. Yeah. It's it's awesome when two guys they might are be on, better off. Duke but... and David Johnson, yeah. DJ Moore and David Moore were on the same team. We, we talked about this pre-show, Mike, but uh, <laughs> so those uh, just what, some dart throws I like at the running back position right there. You know, some guys that I'm going to try to scoop up Hassan Haskins as well. I forgot about him. Um, never fumbled know. in his college career. Not once. I like Hassan Haskins a lot, man. I, I really did. He's strong. He, he's a beast. He's like, he can put it, you know, put the team on your back and let's go. He's not going to, cut outside and, you know, streak down the sideline. He's not going to catch a bunch of wheel routes. You know, he's not going to do anything like that. But if you need three yards in a cloud of dust, he's your man. There you go. Perfect. Okay. So that uh, finishes up our Superflex uh, rookie mock draft. So we will go into our find me a trade segment. Uh, Scott, I think I have the roster up. So you want to get into the okay. settings and then I'll, yep. I'll pull that up while you're talking. Let's do it. Yeah. So submitted by Kelly Poor, one of our guys at KP Poker KP on the Twitter machine. Um, so this is a 10 team PPR Superflex, 1.25 tight end premium, 30 man rosters, start 10. Uh, with so two running back, two receiver, and two flex there. Um, and there's a defense as well. So it's really start nine and then you know the random one. Um, I will tell you, uh, thank you, Kelly. This was one of the best, um, giving us the information behind it. Giving us your roster is the first part. Obviously we need that. But when you give us the backstory, like you did, uh, this really helps me now getting your 
get in your league, right? Now I'm in your shoes. Now we've all been in leagues like this and we know. So we need that backstory with it. So when you guys submit those find me trades, give us that information so that now we can, you know, kind of figure it out. So um, even though I didn't understand the reference at all, uh, which you guys make fun of me for, but I don't get it. So he says, uh, this league is my Lex Luthor. Wait, don't you don't what, get that reference? I don't know what a Lex Luthor is. <laughs> Please, Mike, you get that reference, correct? Is that from Superman? <laughs> yes. I. That's all I know. That's all uh, I got for you. So I'm like halfway there. Sorry. Oh, Lex man, you Luthor? guys are horrible. He's, yes, he's Superman's like arch enemy. He's We're like horrible. the We're Joker horrible. To, to Batman. I, well, if Superman's like not that. an Avenger, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Do you I know don't Batman and the Joker? Anything but football. Did that reference go over your head too? Scott, you hear this? The guy who's sitting in a room that looks like Bingo Mom decorated it's telling us that we're horrible. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I guarantee you don't on know coffee, Superman. I guarantee on that coffee Forget table, there's one of those big 50 pound glass ashtrays. You know exactly what I'm talking about, too. Right? No doubt. The big I, no I know what you're talking about, and there's not. <laughs> Damn it, I was so close. <laughs> yeah, I'm I Superman's I apologize. pretty basic so, reference, though. I'm glad Rocky got it, but it, it didn't mean anything to me. So that that didn't help me. Um so wait, is he that's a it's his friend, Superman's friend, Superman's guy. <laughs> his what is former it? friend it became his arch enemy. I believe. Or maybe okay, he's just so, arch enemy. Okay, okay, wait, okay. I'm gonna like get I said, it here. like do you know I'll Batman? It's like the Joker to his Batman or something like that. Batman and Joker were friends? No, I actually I don't think Lex Luthor was his friend. He's just his arch enemy. This is actually confusing me even more. But I think something you said clicked <laughs> because nemesis. we're gonna get to it. All right. All right, so Kelly says, this league is my Lex Luthor. It was the first dynasty I joined, made up of people from my redraft league that is going into year nine. This dynasty league is going uh, entering its fourth season. We all had no clue what we were doing in the startup draft. Somehow I managed to build an amazing roster through the draft and some timely trades. Unfortunately, I have finished second all three previous seasons. So three straight seconds is pretty brutal. That is <laughs> I mean, that's like uh i mean I yeah i mean at least hopefully there's a payout for second place yeah. but man that's uh three title okay. games law of averages you'd expect to win at least one. that's that's wild <laughs> um so i will happily sell any and all future assets just to win this league once it has become a running joke with my league mates please help me get over the hump i honestly may have too many assets every week i start the wrong player that, that's that is possible uh, league is pretty active, so trades are definitely easy to make. The downside is I have robbed a few managers in trades, so a couple teams have started a uh, North Korea-style embargo on my offer. He didn't specify which ones, though, so hopefully we didn't pick any ones that... <laughs> let's, let's, let's hope not, uh, but it definitely... The thing is, like your your team is stacked, but it's a 10-team league, so I feel like every team is stacked. So I just had to get in my 10-team dig there. There you go. <laughs> They, they are all pretty a lot of them are pretty stacked but his is particularly stacked yes it's a um, it's a great roster you've done it you've killed it you've done a great yeah, job i'll run through it real quick again sleeper it doesn't have an organized play position we have starters and bench players but but whatever um so he has mahomes and stafford uh in his starting lineup i'm just going to run through the starter guys he has and then go down to the bench uh barkley and swift as his running backs lamb aj brown uh he also has cook and eckler as running backs uh, in his flexes and then uh, Travis Kelsey on the bench here. He's got Matt Ryan, and it's his third QB. 
uh, Sam Darnold, who maybe starts some games. Other than that, there's mostly backup guys here. Marcus Mariota as well, who might start a few games. Uh, Kareem Hunt on his bench. Rashad Penny, Justin Jackson, Darrell Henderson, Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders. Uh, he also has, I believe, yeah, Eli Mitchell on his taxi squad. Uh, and wide receivers, uh, bench wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Juju Galladay, and backups behind Kelsey, Goddard, Albert O, and Gerald Everett. So, yes, he's got guys all over the place. Uh, so and Mike, 323 first. <laughs> uh, that's right. He also he has no picks in 22, but yes, he has 323 first, uh, and still has, I believe, his 23 second. So, uh, Mike, I know you came up with some uh, ideas here. Uh, what, what, what are you thinking with this roster? Yeah, I don't have any specific trades to make exactly, just kind of an overall strategy. I mean, I'm looking at this roster, and I'm like, what, what do you need my help for? What do you need <laughs> our help for? I mean, the roster is really, really good. The only thing that I could say at this point is I would move on from your oft-injured or secondary, your oft-injured players. or 100% agree. There's actually a lot of assets here. I would trade away guys like Sam Darnold, Saquon Barkley, always hurt. Um, Dalvin Cook, who is an injury risk, get a haul for Dalvin Cook. Um, then some of these quarterbacks like Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan. You know, Mariota, we don't know how long that's going to last. I know it's a two-year deal, but it could be a one-year deal. He could start a couple of the games, and it could be Felipe Frank's season for all we know. Matt Ryan is getting older. Scott, you love the Felipe Franks reference, right? Come on, man. <laughs> All about more, it, baby. Let's go, Florida. More likely a rookie, I think, than Felipe Franks. But. Exactly. <laughs> we got 323 first, a 23 second. I would try to get players like a Javante Williams, Navaje, Najee Harris, you know, guys like Josh Jacobs, Eli Mitchell, um, wide receivers. I would like Jerry Judy, Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins. You know, players like that, guys going into their second, third year where you think that they have a really high ceiling, you know, when someone gets down on T Higgins because they drafted Jamar chase, when someone gets down on Jalen Waddle because they trade for um, Tyreek Hill, buy the guy that people are down on, buy him at a discount. I scooped T Higgins up as many places as I could last year. People told me I was crazy. Was I? <laughs> I don't think so. T Higgins is great. Jalen Waddle. Good football player. I'm not a big Jalen Waddle guy, but I think now is the time to get him if you want him. Guys like that are guys I want on this team. And for the running back situation, like if Miles Sanders stays healthy and maybe Ezekiel Elliott gets banged up, you got Tony Pollard. This is a really good roster. The only thing that I will say is play IDP or don't play defense in Dynasty. Oh, agreed. I just ignored defense. So yeah. <laughs> that's why yeah, I don't even think he even had a defense on his roster currently, which is probably a smart move. Smart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, don't uh, so he, he realizes it too. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go right into my trick because it kind of dovetails with some of what you said there, because I'm actually trading away uh, one of the guys you said and then getting one of the guys you said. Uh, so my idea was uh, I, I kind of did want to, I agree with this too many assets comment. Uh, maybe consolidate a little bit. I did a two for one, maybe a three for one. I think it might take. I, I traded Dalvin Cook and Elijah Mitchell to team J Kirk 790 for Javante Williams. Uh, like I said, I don't know if that's enough for Javante just because there is so much hype, but I am definitely buying into that hype. I love Javante. I loved him coming out last year. I know there's still talk that Gordon might come back. I don't think he is. I think he would have been back by now if he was coming back. And if Javante gets the, the you know, the 
bulk of the workload, unlike last year. He's just – we saw it in one game, and he had like 30 points uh, that game that Gordon was out. So uh, I'm buying the Javante hype. I'm willing to buy high. It's not always a great idea to buy high, but when you have like, you know, all these guys you have on your team, I'm perfectly fine with it. You can afford to buy high. So if, if Cook and Mitchell aren't enough, uh, I'd throw in he has uh, Thielen, he has Juju. I'd probably try and hold on to Keenan. Um, but I, I the other guy that did Jay Kirk 790, He's got kind of a mix of a young and old guy, so he looks like he's trying to compete. Looks like he earned the 107, so he did make the playoffs last year. And uh, he, he he doesn't have a lot of depth. Not that you need a ton of depth in a 10-teamer, but uh, it would make some sense to kind of give him a, a two-for-one or a three-for-one to try and pry Javante away from him. And if you have to overpay, go ahead and do it. So so that's my logic. Uh, Scott, any any thoughts on that before we go into yours? Yeah, I mean, we both identified the same player to trade essentially. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely happy to get out on Dalvin at this point. Yeah, uh, you got to move all the I know all those running backs are productive and and it's great to have them when you're trying to win, but at the end of the day, you're not winning because they're not there when you need them. And so you're going to have to you're going to have to move on from those guys. And you know, ultimately you, you have to do exactly what Mike said in getting the guys that their best is yet to come, right? We need to, we need to find the guy who's the next guy that's going to go wild and win you the league. Who's the next Cooper Cup, right? Who's who's going to do that? And your best chances is with somebody in a great offense, one of these younger guys, these high upside, these high draft capital, um, you know, and so a Javante Williams definitely fits multiple categories there. And it, it, it's just you're going to have to consolidate. Um, again, making wrong decisions is going to happen when you have so many guys like that. Uh, and I will say that, like, no one loves your starting receivers more than I do. C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown. Like, literally, you take Chase and Jefferson, and then I will take Lamb and A.J. Brown, like three and four. That's how high I have those guys. I love them. Um, but they're not winning you championships right now because they, they don't, they don't have it yet. Now, maybe this is the year that they both do it, you know, or at least one of them, maybe, maybe we're almost there. So I wouldn't give those guys away yet. Uh, but you're going to have to move those running backs for sure. So I, I like that. I love, I'm a Javante guy. So one thing I did not know, I did not know he was a former linebacker. So apparently Javante Williams was a former linebacker, which blows my mind and uh, gives me hope for some of those guys that make that position. <laughs> Can I just say one thing too? You you know, Kelly was saying that put the, the North Korean embargo on them because of the <laughs> trades and everything like that. That's when you need to trade your future assets for low risk, high reward guys like your Eli Mitchell guy come back from injury, James Robinson, you, you want to get guys like that on your roster. Look for some wide receivers that are of value because if you have these oft-injured guys that you can't move, they're obviously going to be in your starting lineup, okay? So if you can't move these guys because nobody wants to do a deal with you for your big-name players, look for the low-risk, high-reward backups that you could have on your bench, but you feel more comfortable starting than some of your bench players right now. That's how you're going to win a championship. Really, this this team just needs a little bit of fine tuning, honestly. And I think, I mean, I could see why you were contending for three straight years yeah. to win the championship. Hopefully you do it this year. 
and pick up some UDFAs. If this has fab, make sure after the rookie draft, you are on it with your UDFAs because the draft is not over when it's over. That's when the fun really begins. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. So I will, I'll jump in here. Um, I understand what you said about the trades situation. And I would guess that possibly some of the guys that are competing with you um, might be the guys that are less likely to trade with you. That's just kind of the, the vibe that I get. So what I was trying to do is look for a high end player that was on a team that he doesn't belong. So when you find a guy who has the one Oh four pick and he has Justin Jefferson, there's my target. Okay. Excuse me. So um, I went after Justin Jefferson and what I want to do here, I want to move on from one year old running backs. I used cook in this example, but maybe you can use Eckler or maybe you can, you know, depends who you're partial to also because Jefferson's on the Vikings. I didn't want to double up there. So flipping over cook because he's a Viking seemed to make sense to me. You could throw in a guy like miles Sanders, something like that. And then you're 23 first, you're going to know the league a little better than I, I mean, obviously I've dug into it a little bit here, but you might have a better feel for where you think those firsts are going to end up. So maybe you try to keep your likely highest one and you move the other two uh, if you need to, but likely you're going to have to lose this trade. You're going to have to lose to get it done. If guys don't like trading with you, or if you have that reputation, you're just going to have to lose some in order to, to figure it back out. That's how it's going to go. And you can afford to lose the trade. Um, and you can and you and you can. Yeah, exactly. You have the assets to do it. And so that's why I added on to this trade a little bit because it's not just about getting Justin Jefferson, but it's about to kind of restock those extra pieces that could maybe they help you win, or maybe you can package and flip them later. So three pieces I added just again, I'm working with one roster here, so I can't go crazy, but these are guys I don't necessarily even like, but guys where I feel like if things break right, their values could increase. And then you have more assets to move as the season goes on, especially you're going to have to get through injuries and, and down seasons from players you don't expect. So my overall trade here is, is Cooker Eckler throw in, you know, Miles Sanders or throw in Juju or one of your old, uh, like Thielen, somebody like that. Again, rebuilding team might not take that. So go stick with the younger guys there. And those 23 firsts are your selling point to that team. Okay. And you're going to get back Justin Jefferson, Damian Harris, Dearness Johnson, and Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson might be toast. Might be. But I'll tell you what, two years ago, he's a top five route runner in this league. I watched every single play he's had for, listen, I've been at most of the games. I've watched this dude. He's a top five wide receiver in the NFL two years ago. Whatever happened last year was because Chicago's a terrible organization and they treated him like shit and it made absolutely no sense. They're the ones who went out and gave him a huge contract coming off a torn ACL. And then he comes out and produces, he's their best player and then they won't pay him. How does that even make sense? Anyway, this is a guy now you can stack with Stafford. Maybe he hits this year. Maybe all the coverages are rolling the cup and A-Rob comes out and he's just blowing people away, right? Who knows? I don't know. It's within the range of outcomes, okay? What if that happens? Now you've got that receiver you can plug in, or now you can trade him, whatever it may be. Um, Kareem Hunt, he's going to have to go at some point. He's too expensive of a backup. Dearness Johnson can do what he does, so I feel like he's going to get that role. Um, Damian Harris, don't like him at all, but again, he's he's going to get some work, and you know we'll see 
uh, without McDaniels. We'll see if that changes. It's still Belichick, so probably not. Um, but set yourself up for having those future pieces, you know, and if these guys do nothing, you don't care. You got Justin Jefferson. That was the whole goal, right? So we're just trying to figure out a trade here that makes you better right now and still doesn't lose those assets down the line if possible. Yeah, I, I like that one. I would even like, like you were saying about uh, overpaying, I would probably, I would even do well an upgrade Sanders to Mitchell. I think Mitchell's got a lot more value. Um, and like I say, he does have Mitchell on his taxi squad. I guess the only concern is if I, you said this guy earned the 104, does he want Cook is my only question. You're getting 223 first. And if, if guys value them like they do in half of my leagues, they don't care who the other. This is one thing that really. You could just you always me. flip Cook too. This that's exactly right. People yes. are so like, oh, I'm rebuilding. I can't take anyone over 25 years old or something. Yes, you can. If you get them cheap, your your deal here is the 223 first and whatever other pieces you get. If you get cook, all you have to do is then sell cook. Okay. Yeah. And then you get yourself more pieces. Like, like you don't, it's it's like people who are rebuilding can't take anyone over 25. Like that's insane. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, if you get 223 first Mitchell and Cook, that is an overpay for the other side of this. That's so, that's yeah. all, man. So you just that's do all. it anyway, and then you find a way to get rid of Cook if if you're not trying to compete. Exactly. Okay. So uh that finishes us up. So uh under 145 at least, Scott. Um, <laughs> we might we might get 130 let's go let's go let's i gotta go, hurry up. baby uh, but i do have to i meant to do this when we're doing the draft because yeah you gotta right get in. in but i gotta i gotta plug uh that network is going to be doing a live draft show uh the date night one of the draft uh gonna have a lot of the hosts me scott and andrew are all supposed to be on there uh russ dynasty outhouse will be on there uh, I know I'm pretty sure Drew from Timeline is going to be on there, Casey Kasem, and we have a couple guests uh, lined up. I, I know Bobby Koch is confirmed, uh, John Hogue is confirmed, and maybe one or two more. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great, smart people on there, and me. So uh, <laughs> definitely tune in. Uh, I, I believe we're just doing night one, but it should be a fun time. Um, so with that, I will, uh, throw it to Mike to just give his Twitter, uh, promote anything he wants to promote and then we'll finish up with our stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at rewind CEO. I'm the host of the dynasty rewind. We are all dynasty all the time. Please come check us out. And if not, that's fine too. Uh, audio pod, we do YouTube. So the main pod gets broken up into different segments and released daily on our YouTube. Uh, but then we have other content too, that we, release on the um the youtube as well mock monday every monday i didn't come up with that but i guess it works um we got team audits we got all sorts of great stuff check out our youtube download our podcast and if you want to spend a couple bucks patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind got exclusive content over there as well scott can attest to that so thanks again guys for having me on and uh yeah let's let's plan on i mean if it's okay with you guys maybe revisit this after the draft and just see how values are changed so I'm going to save this, print it out, and then that way we can do it Perfect. side by side and compare. Oh, yeah. I, I, I will have it. it saved as well, yes. And, Scott, like, should we let Rocky have the first pick again? What do you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, oh, if... we can let you have the first pick, Mike. Jeez, well, we stop whining probably, about it. We should probably keep it the same <laughs> just because, you know, 
Okay. okay. How we draft different. All right. That's fair. fair. (laughs) I just got to break your balls, Rocky. That's Uh, I know you do. (laughs) Um, But uh, let me just finish up by reminding everyone to uh, follow the show at Dynasty Junkies. You can follow the individual host at Dynasty FF Addict at Scott underscore Sidlow and our third host who's not here tonight at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. That way you can see when we go live, you see what timeline goes live, and you'll you'll see when that draft show goes live. Uh, definitely make sure you're subscribing on YouTube to the DAP network as well to see all that stuff. And uh, definitely, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, we did get one review since I, I uh, pointed out that we were not getting reviews, but I want more. One in two weeks is not enough. Which is the last time? Hey, I was- we're gonna bump up your FMAT submissions if you do reviews. That's the reward. We're gonna you bribe go. you for reviews. Let's go. <laughs> we want reviews, so give us a a, a follow, subscribe, a rating, and review. And uh, I think that's about it. That will do it for this week. Um, we should be back next Thursday. So see everybody then. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Scott, I didn't have you take us out. Okay, let's do it. To all the homies in the comments, to Kelly Poor, to my man, Michael Bauer, my brother. Thank you for being here. For Rocky Petrala, I'm Scott Sidlow. Junkies out.